Welcome to The Vow, Voice of Women. Our mission has always been about empowering women through the sharing of real-life stories. When women create a community through the journey of sharing, we gain empathy, forgiveness, and perspective. We encourage you to open your heart to receive today's story. sitting here today with Mandy Ballack. Mandy, welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I was really excited to see you because it's been a long time. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a while. And so I was happy to come in and give you a big hug in your white fuzzy jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Tis the season. Tis the season. season. Mind you, we're having such a beautiful fall right now, right? Yeah, it actually is so nice. The fall colors are giving me life. I know. And the no blizzards and snow yet. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll I'll take more of that, please. (laughs) Well, Mandy and I have known each other for a few years and I've had the honor of um, speaking at Babes That Brunch and uh, getting to know you a little bit. We have multiple, I'm sure many acquaintances, Mm -hmm. but we're here today to talk about you and your journey. And so walk us through how the ACE class came about, you know, what were you doing before and where do you envision ACE going? First of all, I have to say it's so fun to be on the other side of the microphone. As I was coming here, I was like, where are my questions to interview you? I was like, no, this is so great. I just get to sit back. And um, so thank you for having me. And yeah, it's been it's been so fun to, you know, to have some experiences with you over the last few years, you being a mentor in our community and speaking at one of our events. It's been awesome. And yeah, I'd love to share the story of ACE. And that that takes us back to 2017. Which isn't that long ago. It feels like a blink of an eye and it also feels like Like a a decade ago, like a lifetime ago. And I think there's been multiple lifetimes in this short period of time, you know, based on all the change that that has happened. But, you know, in 2017, I found myself in a place that I was, you know, I was looking around at the circle that I had around me, the people that I had in my life. And I realized that I didn't necessarily have the community that could support me to grow. I didn't have the people that were going to challenge me and lift me up. And, you know, specifically in my entrepreneurial journey, um, there, I didn't have the right people at my table. And so I wanted to build that. And I was working with a mentor at the time that really influenced me to look at my values. I literally, she, she put a pack of Post-its in front of me and a Sharpie and she said, write down everything that's important to you. And we started to put those things on the wall. And when I started to see some of those things staring back at me, whether it be community or growth or relationships or vulnerability and authenticity and things like that, I said, wow, that's what I'm really missing in my life. I'm not really living in alignment with my values currently. And so that brought me to create the first brunch and ACE started around the brunch table. We brought, you know, 50 women together at a time to have these intimate, real conversations that were meant to uplift and inspire. And I was really motivated to bring those conversations to the brunch table because I had just endured a massive business failure at that time. And I was hiding from everyone. Like I was hiding from the world. I didn't want to share, you know, what was really going on for me. I'm this tough, resilient woman. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm fine. 
And I think I had support there, but I wasn't at a place in my life where I was open to receiving it and wasn't open to being vulnerable about it. And so the essence of these brunches were about let's share the thorns, not just the roses of what it looks like to be an entrepreneur and what it looks to be what it looks like to be a woman that is taking risks and making things happen. And it was through through that platform that I became comfortable with talking about failure and the power of failure being a great option because failure is something that grows us and stretches us and you know one brunch after a time or one one brunch after another we had some incredible powerful women you know really just come and reveal the struggles that they've been through and that's something that really connects people and makes them feel um, like they're not so alone in, in the tough stuff, right? So so ACE started as those brunches. It, it was originally called, like you said, the Babes Who Brunch. And that was a beautiful jumping off point for us. It really picked up momentum. Um, I feel like it was in this time when women were actually like waking up to supporting each other, not competing yes, with each other. Yes. And so it was, I mean, it was powerful. People were jumping on this, this movement. And, you know, after three or four of these, event, uh, these events taking place in Calgary, I realized that this was a much bigger opportunity. And that brought me to jump on planes and be like, how many women can I can I impact? How big could this be? And within six months, I had expanded these brunches across Canada. We were, you know, I was traveled 3,000 kilometers for brunch. Like, to, if anyone can top that, please, like, hit me up. And That's we'll, amazing. We'll, I we'll cannot go, top we'll that. go. But, um, but it was amazing. And it was, it was, it was uh, building community around connection and around vulnerability and around being real. And that's where ACE started. And that brought us to build you know, the conferences. We then built mentorship programs and uh, a membership community and groups. And everything along the way has always been about who's at your table. And so we may have started around a brunch table. COVID took our brunches away from us, but it's still about who is at your table. And that's really what the community is all about. Well, I have to say, um, ACE has impacted my life. Um, I was, like you had mentioned um, in the introduction, um, I was a mentor um, to someone who has become one of my dearest friends. Mm. And um, I re- she told me the story. We just laughed about it the other day. And she said, I know, I said to Mandy that if I'm going to do this, you are the only <laughs> mentor that I, and, and they said, well, you know, I don't know if we want to pair you. You're in the similar industry. And she's like, nope, I don't care. And so you paired me with Cher and we have just become like kindred friends and we talk all the time and we've been there to support each other. And without Ace, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that friendship. I don't think that she would have, you know, we would have been connected on that capacity and she rents office space right down the hall. I love it. I love it. No, it's ever, I believe in alignment and timing and yeah, you guys were brought together for a reason. Yeah. Such a great match. We really were. We're like, I mean, we've only known each other a few years, but it feels like a, an eternity almost. So I have a lot to thank um, Ace for that and, and that process. And uh, yeah, it's it was very fulfilling for me as a mentor mm. to be able to do that. So thank That's you. That's powerful. I love hearing that. And so let's chat about building without burning out, mm. because I know that's something that you're really preaching. And so talk to me, you know, about how you're you're helping, you know, women through that. 
you know what? I always am called to do the work that is the hardest for me. Like I'm like, let's, I want to support everyone. And then it's also one of the things that I'm constantly doing the work on. So it's not perfect. And I am the burnout queen, like for sure. Burnout queen, self-admitted. And that's because I put my whole heart into everything that I do. And I am chasing, you know, things that light me up. And sometimes, you know, I've had to really learn boundaries over the years because there's only so many hours in a day. There's only so much of me. And um, managing my energy um, has been something I've really leaned into over the last couple of years because I've had to realize that I can't be everything to everyone and I can't be everywhere all the time. And I have to prioritize myself first. Otherwise, I'll have nothing left for anyone else. So it's uh, it's not a perfect science. It's still something I'm working on. But yeah, building without burning out is something I'm really passionate about. And it's possible. It is possible. I think that, you know, to break down hustle culture a little bit, um, I... I got here because of hustle. I think hustle is necessary. And I think my my good old friend hustle is getting a is getting a, a bad rap over the last couple of years because we're all burnt out. Um, but really hustle hustle with heart. You know, hustle with boundaries, hustle with priorities, the right priorities in place, hustle with your values in check. And I think building without burnout really comes down to that values and um, a clear picture and a clear definition of what success looks like for you and then ruthlessly protecting that ruthlessly protecting what does that look like and then asking yourself every day like is this in alignment with the life I want to create is this in alignment with the business that I want to create and that takes time that's that comes down to like routines habits um, being consistent with those things right so Something as simple as as really honoring your morning routine to look at what your priorities are for the day, to review your goals, to look at that big picture success as often as possible and remind yourself why you're doing all of it, that can help you set those boundaries. That can help you, you know, protect yourself first before you lead into your day and say yes to a whole bunch of people and people please and and all the things right so it it really comes down to simple things knowing your values making sure you're living in those values every day building accountability buddies around you um you know building without burnout also means that you've got people in your life that are really really supporting you that see you that are also in those trenches with you um and then having energy management routines, energy management routines, and then auditing those things often. One of the things I'm doing right now as we're recording this, it's the end of the year. And so this is, you know, really supercharged for me inside of the ACE community and for myself. It, but it's also something I do, I do quarterly. It's an energy audit and it's going through the calendar and it's saying, what's lighting me up and what's draining me mm, what's yes. lighting me up and what's draining me and it's it's a very simple like stop start continue of okay i want to do more of what energizes me and lights me up and i want to do less of what is draining me and that's such a tough thing especially you know for entrepreneurs what i'm seeing is we start our businesses because we feel passionate about making an impact or seeing those things come to life. 
uh, we want to change lives in some capacity. It's generally like a, a problem that we've had ourselves and we want to make an impact in someone else's life. And so we start this business and then it ends up draining us and taking all of our energy and taking all of our resources from us, whether that's from you know lack of support around us or lack of systems that we have or just saying yes and not having our priorities in check. And we have so much more control than we think that we do, but it really comes down to being intentional. So for me right now, I'm, going, I'm doing the calendar audit and making some commitments for what's getting left behind in 2021 and what's coming with me. And that helps me you know, really organize, like where do I need support? What do I need to let go of? What do I need to say no to? Mm, that's no. powerful. I, I, uh, I used to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a, I think too, especially when I started my career, you know, someone would say jump and I'd say how high. Yeah. <laughs> because the thought of not being available or saying no was like, well, that might be my paycheck to pay my mortgage. Yes. Right. And so I made myself available 24-7 to people. It was like, oh, you want to meet in 30 minutes to see this house out in Okotoks? Sure, I'll make it happen. (laughs) And, you know, and then I think as you grow within your business and within yourself, you create boundaries. I preach Mm -hmm. uh, saying no. I I have learned to become selfish and put myself first Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, if you don't, you're the sinking ship and you can't be there for everyone in your life. And I see that with so many moms, uh, even with some of my close friends, where they are everything to all people all the time, their friends, their family, their kids, their husbands. And I think traditionally, if we look back 50, 60 years, that was an expectation of a wife. You know, maybe we weren't out in the workforce as much 50 years ago, but you were expected to take care of the home and children 24 seven, you know? And now that expectation has grown because we're expected to do that plus, you know, go out like, you know, and I mean, thankfully I, I have an amazing husband that shares, you know, a part of that. So I can't complain. But I, I'm really happy that you mentioned that calendar check because I think it's easy to be say, be that yes person, but then it really drags you down. Yeah, totally. And it's funny that you say that too because the word priorities did not actually exist until the 1950s. It used to be singular, priority. And that mm. was from, you know, part of that is women actually stepping into the workforce. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, very interesting. That's so a shift. <laughs> it's a shift. But, you know, I think really building without burnout and taking care of yourself comes down to alignment mm-hmm. and, you know, hustle versus alignment. And so hustle, you know, the typical typical hustle is like pushing, forcing, doing, 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 doing. And aligning is like intentional. It's, it's getting clear on, does this align? Does this feel good? Does it energize me? Does it ignite me? Is this giving me energy or is it taking from me? And I think when we can operate out of a place of alignment and intention, our businesses are going to be so much more successful and we are going to be sounder. We are going to be healthier and our business is so much of a reflection of ourselves. And so I don't even believe it's selfish to take care of yourself. It's, no. it's necessary. It's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Um, and so that scarcity mindset is like, oh, I have to do this or the client's going to bail. I have to meet this person after hours. I have to respond to this email at 11 p.m. Well, without boundaries in place, you're teaching mm-hmm. people how to treat you. And so be really mindful with that. And that's something I've had to learn over the years. Yeah. Trust. 
Intentional hustle. Mm-hmm. I like it. On your website, you speak about leading with connection and the real deal vulnerability. Can you explain what this means to you and how you've been able to help other individuals and companies with this philosophy? Yeah, I think connection comes from authenticity and and being real. And I hate talking about the weather. Like, I just hate... Oh, didn't we talk about the weather at the beginning? (laughs) No. Okay, but what I mean is only talking about the weather. Like, who are those people in your life that you can only have surface-level conversations with? And... I, that's just so frustrating for me. Like I want to go deeper. I want, I want high vibe relationships and I want depth in my relationships. And there's, you know, when you feel seen by someone and when you see someone, that is where the magic happens. That's when you can open yourself up for support, when you can show up for someone else, when you can fully connect with someone and share your reality, you can deepen your experience with life. And uh, when I started Ace, I that was the that was the catalyst point for me of like I am done with surface level. I'm done with hiding. I want to take the mask off. I want people around me that um, I feel safe and real to be myself with, and that has expanded me. And that hasn't always been easy. That feels you know just because it's a, the outcome is beautiful on the other side doesn't mean the process and the journey is not challenging. Mm -hmm. It feels uncomfortable to get real. It feels uncomfortable to ask for support. It feels uncomfortable to tell the truth sometimes Mm -hmm. because we are, many of us are hiding behind this mask of, I've got it all figured out. It's all good. And especially if we're the face of our businesses, that's what's expected of us. We have to show up perfect on social media. We've got to, you know, say the right thing at the right time you know the trouble something is something challenging is happening and we're like it's fine i'm gonna i'm resilient and i'm gonna get through this but you know what that's awesome and we 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 can go so much deeper if we don't bypass what is occurring and we can process it and if we can build community around that um what you really recognize when you open yourself up to be vulnerable is that other people will be vulnerable too and be like, wow, I was waiting for somebody to normalize this and somebody to say this. And all of a sudden, like you don't even need to solve people's problems. You just need to have the, you know, to be like, oh, this is like so challenging for me right now, or this is some, something that I'm really struggling with. And someone's like, me too. Yeah. Me too. And you just know you're not alone. And human beings at our core, like belonging is the first step on Maslow's hierarchy, right? And it's like, if we don't feel like we belong, we never are going to self-actualize. Mm. And so being real is, it's foundational. It is. And I think it's a, we're, we're a product of our upbringing too. I think that some have real challenges with being vulnerable because they grew up in a house where totally. everything was shoved under the carpet. No one talked about the affair. No one talked about the suicide. No one talked about the, mm-hmm. the money problems. Mm-hmm. And so if you weren't, if you didn't grow up in that environment, how are you supposed to be there as an adult? And um, I, I was lucky that I did grow up in an environment where I, I was able to express vulnerability and, and yeah. problems and that type of thing. Um, my husband, not so much. Mm -hmm. And we, we even just talked about that, you know, the other night is, you know, he grew up in a farming community, 
Um, and you know, times were tough and you worked, you were as a child, whether you were five, six or seven, you were up shoveling poop and up Mm -hmm. with the cows and there, you know, you had to be a man at a very young age. There was no room for crying or tears or, you know, and so as an adult, he's really had to work on himself and he now is a very vulnerable person, yeah. you know? Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's easier said than done for many people. Yeah. Um, and I, I love when I'm with somebody and I'm able to be vulnerable knowing that that person might not be totally. and sharing something really maybe private or, or special to me and then seeing them open up like a flower. Totally. Right. They just need the invitation. They just need the invitation. Mm-hmm. And what is, you know, really encouraging is the ability that I'm seeing, or not the ability, the the shift in men that mm. are able to be vulnerable. I met with a friend of mine this morning who's going through a separation, and what he was able to articulate with, with me, and this man's in his early 60s, I was so impressed that he was able to articulate his emotions and his shortcomings yeah. within his himself and his marriage and how he's getting help. And I was like, I said to him, I said, I'm so proud of you that you're able to share this with me and be this vulnerable. And I said, that is the path to success and healing. Yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah, so I, I'm so happy that that's something at ACE that you guys have, you know, you're, you're really preaching because I think it's a, a really important and powerful tool. We see this so often, you know, people who have full-time jobs plus a side hustle because Mm -hmm. they probably want their hustle to be full-time, but they can't afford it to be. Can you speak kind of to the price of hustle culture? Mm, I mean, this is such a, such a valuable, we could talk about this for (laughs) hours, I'm sure. Uh, First of all, if you're out there chasing your passion, like keep doing it keep keep doing it it's it's worth it uh but hustle culture i mean the question is at what cost oh everything has a cost right everything we say yes to has a cost every evening that we spend dedicated to you know working on the side hustle or out with our friends or whatever it is that we're choosing everything has a cost and so it's it really comes down to again like having that end goal in mind, start with the end in mind, and then take that big vision and break it down into pieces that is going to support you to fit it into your life, not not the other way around. Because I think what I'm seeing so often, and I know I've been, I know I've, um, I've, I've experienced this myself as well, is our life gets the leftovers. We fit ourselves into whatever is left. We fit our relationships into whatever is left because we think we can, right? We take those things for granted. We fit our health and our wellness into whatever is left. And those are the often the first things to go when it's like, oh, I'm behind on this launch schedule. I'm behind on this client thing. I'm behind on this, or there's more to learn. There's more to do. There's more, more, more. It's endless. It's endless, right? And so how can we intentionally, you know, be realistic about timelines intentionally um, and make sure that we're fitting our life in first and then adding those rocks around it. And I like to think about like the mason jar of life. Everything you need to know is like this mason jar. So just imagine you have a mason jar, it's completely empty, and you've got rocks, you've got pebbles, and you've got sand. And the rocks are your big priorities. They are 
They're your big priorities, your big values, you know, whether that's your family or your health or your business, and you put those things in. And then the second thing is you put those pebbles in, and the pebbles are the second most important things to you, you know, those those secondary things, um, your your hobbies, the things that you love to do, the things, your weekend adventures, um, your side projects, all of that. And then you have your sand, which is everything else. And sometimes those things are distractions or sometimes they're just little things that we say yes to. And your mason jar can get pretty full pretty quick. And so you have to ask yourself, like, how big is your jar? And how much space do you want to create for yourself in there? And I have a mason jar that's sitting on my that's sitting on my desk. And um, when I'm looking at my energy, sometimes I'm like adding another rock <laughs> in. I'm like, there's no space for that, right? So do you get a bigger jar? <laughs> There's no space for it. So the old Mandy would get a bigger jar. But there literally is no more extra time. You have to take things out. You have to take things out. And so I think being really realistic with yourself about what's the end goal? What's going to energize me along the way? And how can I make sure that I'm prioritizing myself and being intentional with my health? You know, we talked about that in the like previously, but how can I um, intentionally build this? Not just doing more, especially right now. It's like one more course, one more masterclass, one more thing to learn. Focus can create alignment, just one thing at a time. Well, and I, I think that that's such an important message because today with the access to information through technology, I mean, oh my gosh, you could research yourself to death on a million topics, mm-hmm. you know, and so I oftentimes find myself if I have some spare time, which I have a little bit more of these days, which has been nice. I find myself going down like the rabbit hole of, oh, maybe I want to <laughs> start cooking this way, or maybe I want to read this book that I would never usually read before. But it, I, I, it's funny. I always kind of explore those things. Yeah. And I never actually end up doing it. And I end up going back to the things that I still always do, but that make me happy. Yeah. You know, I don't want to learn how to cook like vegan because I'm never going to be a vegan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why get distracted with it? And like, (laughs) there's so many distractions out there. And what ends up happening is we end up like building so many half finished bridges to success island. And so if you just imagine like what does success island look like? There's like a hundred different paths that you could take to get there. Just choose one and commit and go all the way. Mm-hmm. Don't get distracted because yeah. what ends up happening is you're like, oh my gosh, I got 10 ways to get there and now <laughs> I can't get there. Yeah. You've opened up too many doors. Exactly. Exactly. So when we speak about vulnerability, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and I know you're, you know, the queen of being able to be vulnerable. So share with us your greatest success followed by your greatest failure. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I, I'm glad you didn't send me these questions in advance because I probably would have been festering over this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there's, uh, there's lots, you know, I think what, what comes to mind as my greatest success is seeing, so one of the things I've realized that pounding the entrepreneurial pavement has given me is a lot of clarity and why I'm here, like what my purpose is. And I believe that my why and my purpose is to actually help others win. And so my greatest success is not is not down to like one singular moment, but it's many moments. It's many moments when I can see the impact of my work happening, mostly within ACE, because I'm very connected to 
many different women entrepreneurs that I'm supporting, you know, at small intimate tables, helping guide them through overcoming imposter syndrome and self-doubt or burnout or, you know, getting out of their own way and bringing their ideas to life. And I think on the other side of, um, of supporting these women is they're building their legacies. They're building, they're making their ideas come to life. And at the core, I'm a true starter in the entrepreneurial process. And so that's my strength is like, let's get this thing ignited. Let's get this started. Um, So when I can see that, that is true success for Mm -hmm. me. And so I'm lucky that I get to see that happen weekly with Mm -hmm. inside the ACE community. Um, And if I had to pick, you know, singular moments, it would be things like the RISE conference, like seeing the magic and being in the center of, you know, 300 women around me. And it's like, wow, this took a lot of work. And here we are. And again, knowing that that's going to create a big impact for for others and helping others win. And then biggest failure, I fail every day. And I like to fail fast. I think failure is an option because on the other side of failure is generally alignment. Um, and so we have a, we celebrate failures inside my community, like all the time. Like I'm like, who fell on their face this week? Let's talk about it. Cause this is, you know, we should, we should, we should really celebrate these things more often. Um, but one of my biggest failures, uh, I would say is I had to shut a, um, a business down in 2016 and this was a huge growth level. This was me untapping like a new level of Mandy from this. But the enduring of that failure was a very public failure. Mm-hmm. And I had created a, a magazine for the city. I was, you know, when that thing came to life, I went from being like, who is this girl to being on every VIP list? Because people wanted me to write about their, you know, their new restaurant opening or whatever. And it was like, all of a sudden, uh, people knew who I was. And we created a, an amazing impact. We had 12 issues. They were bi-monthly. We had an incredible community. And I couldn't get the numbers to work. It was a free magazine. It was all sponsorship-driven. It was so hard. Um, and that's really where the first kind of burnout started is that I was you know, really, really pushing and pushing and pushing and forcing and forcing and forcing something that at the core of the business model just didn't make any sense. And uh, I put myself in some really vulnerable situations with partnerships and just was young and naive. And I think there's many things that I would, uh, I would do differently if I could go back. However, it also has given me so much strength and so much resiliency. And, and enduring that failure has, has taught me that, you know, anything is possible and you can get through it all. And it also really... Um, unlocked that next level of, of my growth. So failure is an option. I love it. Failure is an option. Well, and thank you for sharing that because I think from afar, Mandy, people look at you and I didn't know you back then. So, uh, you know, I can only imagine what that was like for you, but I think people look at you and they probably just see this poised, you know, successful woman that is a promoter of other, you know, women entrepreneurs and growth in their businesses. And you have these big events and you empower women. And it's, you know, it's really, you're, you're a a beautiful exemplary face of your company. And so it's really refreshing Mm. to hear that you had a really low moment in your life and probably questioned yourself and it threw you to the ground and you didn't know if you wanted to get up. And I think that again, 
most of our listeners can probably relate to that yeah. on some capacity in their lives. So thank you so much for sharing that. A part of your business is motivating others. So mm -hmm. what do you do to seek or get motivation? Mm, fitness. Uh, yes, sister. <laughs> yes, I, it's a non-negotiable to move my body every day and it is a non-negotiable to have some me time every day. Uh, I have to fill my cup first. That's where I get my motivation. And fitness is a huge part of it. I mean, feeling good, put on some loud music, hit the boxing bag, go for a run, like you name it, I'm down for it. Um, but uh, fitness definitely gives me my energy and you have to create energy. Energy doesn't just happen, right? Yeah. You have to create it. And so um, I've always been, uh, I've always really loved fitness. I know you're, I know you're. Oh, I, I love know. it when you said that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I'm so excited. I did an article in Impact Magazine that's coming out in Amazing. December. And I gave fitness and Philip, uh, but <laughs> fitness like, really it has been i believe one of the the key elements to my success yeah. in my business in my family in totally. being a mother um i believe that i am teaching my children you know a really important life skill both of my daughters five and almost eight ophelia said to me this morning well <laughs> mom and dad she said well she said dad i want to go downstairs and work out with you and this is at like 6.30 and Chad's like, well, honey, I've already finished my workout. And she's like, well, I want to go lift weights. And then she comes up to me and I'm like putting my face on. And she's like, mommy, you told me when I could do the Peloton for 20 minutes that you would get me my own pair of Peloton shoes because I did my sneakers. And not only did I do 20 minutes, I did 30. So when are we going to get my Peloton I love shoes? It. This is my seven-year-old almost. I love day. it. And I look at her and I'm like, you're amazing. I, and then Chad's like, you need to get her those Peloton totally. shoes. Yeah. It's just, it's so important. So and important. I wish that I could give every human the feeling of being done, uh, whether it's a 30 minute or an hour workout yeah. and the endorphins that run through you. Totally. Like, I truly believe that is my secret sauce in life. I believe I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you and the clarity that I get from a workout as well, like ideas. I have um, a, a white mark, a whiteboard beside my Peloton actually, because when I'm on that Peloton, I'm like, oh, idea, idea, or like <laughs> so that instructor just said the best line. I'm like, that is motivating, <laughs> oh, I like and that. I just have these random rambles scribbled on this little whiteboard. Um, but but yes, they mean something. They to mean you. something to me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's your. That's what motivates you. What is one piece of advice that someone has given you that has really stuck with you to this day? Mm. <sighs> I mean, keep getting back up is a good one. Um, I I'll, I think I'll I think I'll actually credit. Uh, I'll, I'll give a quote to my grandma and a quote to my grandpa here actually. Um, my grandfather, he said, stick and stay and make it pay Ooh, and cute. stick and stay and make it pay. And he, uh, his last name was Turton. And so he was called the turtle. And so people thought that he moved a little slow sometimes, Aww. but he actually was so methodical and stuck it out and just said, you know, trust yourself, trust yourself and stick to it. And I have that in my office and look at that all the time because it's easy to get distracted with like the next thing or move on to the next thing. Uh, but the enduring and the deepening and, and the expansion that comes with actually sticking with something and seeing it out is, is really, really powerful. 
And then my grandmother's advice was do not should on yourself today. And she <laughs> used to have a sign in her, uh, in her kitchen and it says, I will not should on myself today. And that always really stuck <laughs> with so me and cute. I love it. And it's just such a powerful reminder. We should on ourselves all the time, all the time. I should have done this, you know, I should have done that, should have, could have, like, there's just no point to it. And so giving ourselves, meeting ourselves with grace and compassion and recognizing that we just stay in the possibility of tomorrow and we're always just looking to uh, build a better tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. So those are two two big ones. I, I, I think your grandpa grandma would have been really cool to meet. And now that I, I think about, you said your grandma had it on her fridge and I'm thinking I shouldn't have gotten up at 1130 last <laughs> night and <laughs> had popcorn <laughs> while I watch an episode of dynasty because 100%. I couldn't sleep. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did. Yeah. And I'm going to give myself grace. And it's okay. And it's okay. We'll just it was a really good episode of dynasty an and that popcorn was <laughs> Amazing. What keeps you up at night? Ideas, endless ideas. ideas. Um, that's my that's my strength. I mentioned I'm a igniter. I'm a starter, and so um, I just like I get really hung up on vision and dreams and thinking about new ways to do things and new ideas to come to life. And so that keeps me up at night. Not only my own because I'm surrounded by so many other entrepreneurs. I think about their ideas for them and explore their ideas for them and. So it's just constant mayhem going on up there. But uh, yeah, because your husband is also an entrepreneur. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, can we just have an yeah. idea time out for a minute, please? <laughs> yeah. So I listen to Yoga Nidra before bed. I have an eye mask and I take magnesium. So Ooh, okay, that sounds like a good concoction. Yeah. Mandy, what have you vowed to yourself in life? I have vowed to myself to never settle. And um, that is... That's also, you know, a, been a powerful reminder for me each day and never settle, never settle for, you know, less than what I'm worthy of. And it's also been an exploration of that from, for myself and coming into my, my own skin and choosing myself over the, over the years is, you know, just, just don't settle, don't settle for people that are only willing to talk about the weather with you. Don't settle for, you know, an opportunity that actually doesn't really uh, honor my worth. Don't, just don't settle. Mm -hmm. Never settle, period. I like that. Well, and the old adage goes, you are the average of the top five people you surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, um, you know, I've, in the last seven, eight years, I had to really kind of remember that with yeah. some of the people that I had in my life that are no longer in my life. I think about them. I pray for them. Mm -hmm. I care about them, but they weren't serving me in my life at that time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think as you do, you know, back to the energy audit is looking around and doing that audit of, of people and who's contributing to you, who's, mm -hmm. who's stretching you, who's challenging you, yeah. who's the hype woman, who's the peer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're right. Like the people at your table are, are so, so important. And every next level of you requires a next level of people at your table. And so energy is currency. Make sure you're spending it wisely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. We'd like to spotlight a charity of our guest choice uh, for our listeners. And what we're, I'm curious, what charity would you like to spotlight mm, today? I love wins. 
Oh, wins. Yes. Yes. I love wins. Yes. They, they've been around for many, many years. Many years. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we're recording this, this is when they're actually doing their uh, their big gala. But it's uh, it's an it's an amazing organization as as far as supporting women to you know get back into the workforce, mm-hmm. to recreate themselves, to find more confidence in themselves. And uh, it's been a you know we do lots of donations for when we were doing in person events. People used to bring bags of clothes to donate to the cause, but. Um, I just I love their the local roots and and their their mission so well, it's beautiful thank you. yeah and thank you for being here today and sharing with us your beautiful journey thank you for being vulnerable and I know that our listeners will take lots of little nuggets out of what you've shared so thank you Mandy thank you so much for the opportunity Thank you for listening to The Vow, Voice of Women. We hope that this episode has inspired you. If you want more information on The Vow, visit our website at voiceofwomen.ca. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread the stories.